How you feel, man? I feel good. You? I feel amazing. Thank you for the coffee. Cheers. You're welcome. Drink that up. coffee. Cheers. Let me. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and that mic can move around however All right, cool. you see fit. But what's up, guys? Welcome back to That's the Angle. This is officially the next season. Right on. Right? You're my first guest of the I'm new the season. I'm the premiere episode? Dude, you are the premiere episode. I feel very special. Dude, you should feel special. I mean, like, to be completely honest, I only did a second season because I just got kind of bored with the podcast for a month. Not bored because I don't like it, but bored because I had set all these, like, guest goals, like, people I wanted to talk to, mm-hmm. and I had done it. And then it got to a point where I was like, where do I go next? Like, what's the new direction of the podcast? Like, all, all of the big guys I have at the beginning of the year my journal i got them all on which wow. is which is awesome right okay but like after i did that i was like i feel like i like what what do i do now like i got them so i was like you know i want to do something that's meaningful to dc meaningful to me meaningful to the podcast and as i've been doing the podcast i've realized that like i've been putting a lot of spotlight on local creators and local artists and really just i'm the only one giving people like a like a platform to have a good conversation about themselves and like what they Absolutely. do and i didn't and i didn't know what i was doing other people were telling me what i was doing and i was like oh this is really interesting and i it got to a point i'm like you know i want to i want to double down on the arts like i want to talk to more actual artists like more people who are in dc exhibiting doing big things full-time part-time doesn't matter so as long as you're doing great work and you're mm-hmm. interesting and i was like i think that's a new direction because if i do that like it feels pretty um like unlimited yeah you know like, any artists here and, and when i look at the podcast landscape i don't see many artists driven uh podcast no right not that many like not i don't see many. many like that talk to artists and creators and local creators so i kind of felt like that was like the new stream I would go into and just sort of like lean into that. And now I'm, you know, it, it's perfect because you're here. Sweet. I'm glad to be here. Right? I was going to thank you actually for giving us this platform. Cause I, I don't, I didn't see that many people like you interviewing artists, local artists like yeah. me, but doing it in the way that you're doing it, this kind of really informal, loose conversation. Yeah. I mean, it, there's more sterile clinical kind of technical podcasts out there for artists that i've listened to but and they're different and they're really weird like they're too yeah they're clinical that's a good way to put it it's too clinical and technical like it's question answer question answer and it's so just like out of touch with the vibe of the person Mm. i don't know if you've gotten that like i've had other artists come on and they and they're like oh so what are the questions so i can be prepared i'm like uh i mean it's a conversation dude like this isn't a 20 minute interview like we're we're gonna sit down and talk and figure out who the hell Skojo is. Yeah. Just be careful with that mic. Try to keep it like how I'm keeping it. And you can pull the Hello. whole thing. Yeah, I want you to be comfortable. You can pull the whole Don't thing. Don't make like. me beatbox in here. Yeah, what you got? Let me hear. Oh, dude, I'm terrible. Ah, I'm terrible. But I can do a little bit. I do a little bit. It annoys my wife. I can do the... It's <laughs> 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 terrible. It's that was not, a rim that shot. Be, is that beatboxing? <laughs> yeah, rim shot. Better than me intro. What's up, guys? Welcome back to That's the Angle. Thank you for listening to the opening fun talk. I am here with Skojo, also the same guy whose art is all on the walls in the studio, but you can't see it right now, but he, he's just coming off like a major exhibition in the same spot. Yeah, my first solo. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. where we met. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, that was a great night. That was crazy. It mm-hmm. was just, I think, you know, it was it was nice to have all my people here, but there was that group show across the hall yeah, and uh, they 
they brought their a game they brought a ton of people here too so there was a lot of foot traffic here it was a great uh, opportunity to get the work out there and mm-hmm. to meet tons of other artists yeah i thought and, uh, i thought the show across the hallway was actually good yeah, like i thought it was solid. good for everything like as opposed to just one art show is kind of like a cross-promotion event mm-hmm. i liked yeah, it. it was nice personally i thought it was cool and we got to share my wife's amazing cake pops and brownies <laughs> the greater dc area arts community that woman can bake yeah she's so, amazing so it was your first solo exhibition like how like I, just take me through like what you were thinking that day like going into that exhibition like what was going through your mind oh gosh i mean i was just wondering who's going to show up mm-hmm. um i really just was trying to focus on the kind of uh the like the really important things i needed to do like make sure i've got my cards make sure everything is hung well uh, there was a lot of just running around getting the food and the beer. Um, but I was just excited to, to meet people and to share the art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause I know Amir brings a lot of people here. So, uh, I was just excited. It was just all it was a lot of excitement. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's like how many other things you have to do for your own art show. Yeah. You know, it's like not just art knolls, it's promoting and catering and all this yeah, other stuff. All the stuff and yeah, all the stuff. Stuff. It's like so many more stresses that you probably don't want. Oops. Oh, there goes your notes. <laughs> oh, don't need them. Ah, you don't, don't need them. Fuck them, dude. I, <laughs> I'm gonna carry this one. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that was a really good night. Like, I I came for that night just for your exhibition. I had no idea that that was going on. Well, I did like mm-hmm. an hour before, and that's why I ended up vlogging it. Right. Then I was like, oh, this is gonna be good, you know. But when you got here and you were on your on your uh, little promo, you're like, oh my god, this place is crazy. I've never seen it like this. I've is never, that really the most you've ever seen? Yeah, seriously, it? I've never seen so many hipsters art scene goers event goers in this area and like out yeah. on the street and stuff like ever it was quite the mix too because I, I brought my I brought my parents and their people i mean but you gotta bring so, the rents you know, you know what i'm saying we had a mix of people like it, it was it was definitely a great night it was definitely you know you had like an older audience yeah. and a younger i have an 11 year old and a six-year-old Hi, girls <laughs> and they brought their friends too <laughs> And they've done a lot of art with me, actually. Uh, my daughter's friends would come over, and I do a lot of these like drip paintings in mm-hmm. my garage, just like practicing this fun technique. If you mix, uh, if you mix paint with this stuff called Flowitrol, you can get it at Home Depot. It's it's badass. It's cool. It it makes it so the paint doesn't actually mix. So red and yellow make red and yellow swirls, not orange. So what you do is you you take all these little Dixie cups, you pour some like house paint in there. And you put about 40% of the Floetrol in there. And then you take all the cups and you put them all into one cup. And then I do them on these little three and a half by three and a half like wood blocks. Mm-hmm. You take that wood block, you take that Dixie cup, you put the wood block on top of it like this, turn it over, let it up. And that's just like kaleidoscope lava paint flowing over. And you, you pick it up and kind of move it around. Wait, so each and Dixie cup will be a different color? Yeah, you fill all the Dixie cups with different colors first oh. because you're mixing them with the Floetrol. Oh, then but you, you put take the Floetrol each, in first take before. All, yeah, then you take all the colors that have the Floetrol in them, combine them into one cup. Oh, I yeah, see what you're I'll saying. Do I'll do it with you. It's fun. That'd be um, wild. You kind of give it a little tiny stir um, with the kids. I, I tell them, like, take the, take the popsicle stick and, like, write the first letter of your name. <laughs> you know, don't want to... <laughs> Some parents send right like crazy <laughs> stuff kaleidoscope um and then you give it a little quick little stir and you turn it over and I mean, the kids love it i mean they get their gloves on it's like gooey and tactile and it's fun it's like art lava party what and so you just take that and you pour it onto the canvas or whatever you yeah oh so so i would take um these and i would pour pour resin on top of them and it gets really really shiny like this art mm. and give it to them but what i love about that process is 
I never waste the paint. So even the, the wasted paint that's poured on there on the side that goes around the edges, I'll take it and pour it on a palette and uh, maybe take my hands and scrape into it or something. And then I'll take a picture of that. So I've got pictures of all these colors of paint and different kind of uh, textures of paint. And then I use them for like backgrounds of these. Oh, so that's is that kind of part of the process. Like I always start with real paint, a real quick paint study, um, take a picture of it, bring it into Photoshop and then start com compositing that way and stuff. Really? So that's how you begin like your creative like process of, of making things is you yeah, always real, always, always, always real. Oh, um, so, so you take, take like the colors you make. What were you gonna say? Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm I'm so curious like about this process now. So like for these, I would uh, I would start with something real, so a little a little study, and I'm not worried about the colors mm -hmm. really at all. Um, I really just want to get like you know uh, reflections from the paint and just like mountains of paint texture, like cake frosting. You know, like really want to build it up, um, and then I'll take a picture of that. And I'll bring that into the computer, but I'll also bring in photos of like other kind of real textures. I always start with like a highly textural ground. So I'll like go on these little walks and I'll find like graffiti and posters that are peeling off the walls. Like my favorite thing to find is like these posters that are peeling off the walls. I'm going to take pictures of it. Um, my, my wife loves it when I stop every 10 feet when we're walking somewhere. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Every 10 feet. I'm not kidding you. Right. Every 10 feet. But it's for art, right? So that's yeah, good. Yeah, it's for art. Um, so I take these pictures. I've got paint texture, and I've got like posters and all these other kind of um, urban detritus graffiti stuff falling apart. And then I bring that into Photoshop, and I make just kind of a ground of texture, so paint and and papers, um, and then I'll start composing the image from there. So if it's laser cats, I paint in some laser cats, put in laser cats, um, put in mountains and everything, paint in the lasers. And that's kind of the first part. Then I take it into this program called Corel Painter. Um, sometimes I use Procreate, which is cool too. Um, and I use that kind of base as my kind of tracing paper. So I will just repaint pixel by pixel um, using uh -huh. different you know, digital painting devices. Um, and then I'll have that and I will export it like a high resolution yeah. JPEG, send it to Canada because they do amazing giclés for like half the price. Amazing in the what? Giclés. What's a giclé? A giclé is a archival print on archival paper. So it's mm. a fancy French term for anything that's printed archivally. Um, because um, it's got to be archival if you want to get into a museum, actually. You can't have like laser copies and stuff because the oh. light will change them. In, and know, so they take that, so. that digital thing that you've made and mm -hmm. they turn it back into something tangible. Yep. They send me a beautiful clay piece of paper and I get that in the mail and I look at it and I I'm so excited and then I rip it to pieces wow. I rip that beautiful piece of paper into pieces and I glue it to these cradled wood frames and then I do more real on top of that so then I'll go acrylic Whoa. spray paint paint pen watercolor caran d'ache crayons ballpoint pen anything marker everything um, whoa dude gold uh, resin shards that that's what that shiny stuff is. So, so you're um, telling me that underneath, underneath these paintings that, if, if you guys were listening, we're in the studio where his exhibition is still up, if you haven't caught that. But you're telling me that underneath all of this painting and resin that I see here is what you were talking about. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. So it's a, you know, it's a mix of... Holy it's shit. It's like a digital analog sandwich. Dude, that's crazy because like it starts... Real, digital. Yeah. Real, 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 real. Yeah, it's like real, digital. Dude, that's so insane. Coated with a... Uh, 
some resin at the end. That's Whoa. like my dude. That, that's, that's like my mayonnaise. That's an interesting process. How did you like come in? How did you stumble into that process? Like it's so non-traditional and it's so like unique and abstract. Like I would. How did you like come up with that method? Um, it's that's an that's a good question. So actually, I left out one part of the process. Uh-oh. So secret sauce. on peace. Yeah, it's, this is this is the secret sauce actually. So while I'm doing all of the acrylic stuff. I also like to paint on these large rolls of transparencies, stuff called Duralar. It's super awesome. It's really, really thick transparency. So I'll roll out like 10 feet at a time. And, uh, and I won't really worry about, um, what I'm painting, the colors or anything. I'll just pick one color and then I will just kind of make brush strokes every kind of way I can. Every mark making tool that I know I'll take, uh, I'll sand away stuff. I'll drip paint. I'll pour, I'll scrape, um, but I'm really just taking all these different tools and making as many different marks as I can, like harsh angles, curvy ones, splotchy ones. Um, and then I take that and I cut that up and I put that on top of the digital paintings as well with all of the acrylic. So you put stuff. that on top of the thing that you got printed. What was the fancy word that you used? G-clay. So you put that transparency on top of these G-clay and little, then paint. Little tiny pieces. Every little like, brush stroke I kind of cut out. My kids actually love helping me do Whoa, that. They wake it, up in the morning like, Daddy, can we help you cut? These are some crazy like collages you got going on. It's so cool yeah, that literally I'm looking at this grand 5 by 10 wooden amazing panel that you did. Like, big, as, pretty, as you're talking about that. Hard, pretty big. Pretty dude, big. Like, as you're talking about that, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, whoa, I, I would never have guessed. I would have, I would have thought it was just like a piece of wood that you just poured some paint on and then, you know, did your thing and then did some resin, but I would never have guessed the process was that. Yeah. Yeah. The transparency thing was, um, it was kind of something I brought late into the game because I needed to, I needed to paint that way because I was, uh, turning into a zombie. Mm. Before we touch on that though, um, just leave that hanging out there. How, how, how <laughs> did you come in that process? Like, like all those steps, like I, I, I just want to flush that one out real quick. Yeah. How, um, how did you arrive at like all of these methods and then be like, Oh, this is my final piece. I've always been kind of a mixed media type of artist. Mm. Like it, I never did like just painting. Like even if I did some watercolor, I'd incorporate colored pencil and stuff and gouache and things. So I think I do like mixing it all up. Um, at art school, learned a lot of different techniques. On um, my agency days, I started to learn a lot more digital stuff and digital painting. So um, I didn't want to really quit that altogether, um, but I, you know, wanted to get back into to painting and having that kind of tactile quality with, with uh, the work again. Um, do you, and do the you find that? Just kind of got do you find that too much? Like, confused. or if it's all digital, like, do you find that it? you don't like it as much or like you have Absolutely, to have that tactileness. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't want all digital. Um, mm. I didn't, you know, I've been doing some digital stuff, um, a lot recently. And, uh, it's different when you sit in the computer, sit at the computer and just with your Wacom tablet and I, I need to feel the pain. Dude, I'm, I'm with you on that. I can't just do that. I mean, if, if it's for a job and a gig and I just need to do a quick, a quick little painting and yeah. procreate or illustrate or whatever, that's fine, you know. Usually passing it on in a digital format anyway, so it's good to have it digital. But uh, no, I just I, I can't give up uh, one or the other. I had to to mix them, and so I, I mean, just, like I feel you on that because happened. 
as a photographer, I find myself going back more towards analog, getting into film and this tangible thing. And it just feels way more natural and satisfying than having it, the whole process be digital. And then mm. it, it, in a way, like, I feel like it's, it feels more valuable when it's like this tangible thing at some point, like whether it's the scanned negatives I have and I can say mm. it's three of three, but when it was all digital, it's like, I could print a thousand of these, you know, like with this paintings, like you can only get one original, which is amazing, but you can have copies of course but if i wanted to make prints of them sure sure yeah but none of these would look the same like if i would have take that that original g clay that i got and tried to do another one um sure some elements would look the same but it'd be more of like a a, a, a funky cousin like mm. because of the painting and all the stuff that happens after that and the cutting up of transparencies all the brush strokes are going to be different a lot of the yeah. layers will be different so We'll share some compositional elements, but um, but I don't I don't want to do that. I feel like I want to I want to make these originals, so um, I, I want to keep that separate um, using the digital stuff as just a collage element to mm. fuse in there. Yeah, as, as like just like as the process, you know. Yeah. And there's no way a print. You're right. The print wouldn't look good because there's so much depth to the, to these images. Like oh, thank you. Like there really Appreciate is. It. Like it's it's nuts. And actually, when I was looking about on your website, mm -hmm. I felt like. I could see more of it because we're in such a small space, like this big one behind you. Like, yeah. like I could like step back and be like, whoa, this is really what's going on. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, but, thank you. Thank you. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of nuts. Um, do you think that scale plays into art at all? Like I've noticed that people value art. That's like more scale, like a bigger scale in a way. Like people for certain, mm. like I find myself doing it too. Like you, you seem to like appreciate it more when it's bigger. I don't know. Um, I've found that it's 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 what what the art is, what the composition is. I mean, I've seen some really beautiful, tiny little things that kind of force you to to walk up to it, and they're more intimate, right? Mm -hmm. So they have already have this kind of personal feeling, like um, you're the only one in the room looking at it because you're the only one right in front of this little four by four thing, and so there's that kind of connection, which is nice, as opposed to a a giant painting with all the whole room is seeing at once and um, um, it's a little different, but um, yeah, I mean, scale does have that kind of dramatic yeah. effect. I don't, and that's yeah, why I kind of always wanted to do something big. And that's why I did this huge 96 incher. Cause I'd never done something that big right? and monumental. So yeah, there's something about it and maybe people value it because it it's big and it looks like it took more time. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Cause I swear there's something weird that like scale does to the human, like psychology where you like, you're just sort of more appreciative or you have more respect for it or there's something about the scale just makes you but it raises it up a little bit because yeah. it's almost like larger than life mm -hmm. right this little this little person is now you know 10 feet tall then you're like whoa it, it's a different kind of presence to it so like if you took yeah. like if let's say you were an architect and you designed the most amazing castle if you made it five by five people people would probably still think yo it's amazing but if you actually made that a castle then it's like whoa you the scale of it was so much more it takes than, more time people just think it takes right? more time I, guess. I don't know what's up with that i don't know it's just like a weird thought i've had recently as i've been going to more museums and looking at things like just seems like people value things more are more intrigued by the bigger because then you could get closer to it and sort of just inspect it and be like oh what did he do oh maybe it has something to do with like we're looking at things on this little phone now like all these images are these tiny little things when we go into a gallery and this monumental huge thing it has more impact that's Maybe. a great point. And we are looking at a lot of art on our phones, a lot of Dude, that everything. pisses me off. Entertainment I, is on our pockets dude, now, so. I'm so pissed off that 
all of my photos have to like be cropped to go on Instagram so people can see this tiny version of it and they can't appreciate yeah. it. Like it's so annoying. If you want it on stories, it has to be like really long and weird. Oh. I just want to crop it. And, Dude, yeah. it kills me. It's fun. I mean, it gets more exposure. Hashtag first world problems. I don't even care about that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get on the high horse with that one. But more coffee. Yeah. Right. But something I thought was really interesting. You was, was this zombie comment, which, which, you know, when I met you, I thought was just extremely fascinating. And I don't even know how to approach the subject, but what I do know is, is that like, you know, and it sounds so cliche, but in a way, art saved your life. Kind of. I don't know if it was that dramatic. Like, yeah, it didn't, super it dramatic did, and it like cliche. Didn't, right? But um, it definitely uh, took it out of turmoil and chaos, and um, and because uh, you know, there's a lot of pain and fatigue in there. So, from what I understand and what I read on the the bio of of your exhibition, Overload, you know, all the paintings were sitting in front of us. What it is, um, you you had cognitive problems. Your legs barely worked. Yeah, and you were essentially classifying yourself as a zombie. I was turning into a zombie. So I I actually started painting about a year and a half ago because of this. Because I I was like, this is crazy. This is going on. Um, uh, long story short, I have a neuropathy in my in my legs that um, has been massively affecting my my sleep. So, uh, but I didn't know that was going on. So a year and a half ago, it was undiagnosed. My my wife kind of knew something was up. She kind of thought her husband was getting stupider. Um, like I, I had, I really couldn't hold information Really, because um, you know, when you're sleeping, it's crazy. Sleep is so powerful as, as you know, yeah. but, um, when you're sleeping, you're rejuvenating yourself, you're, um, you're building up your immune system, but you're also like purging all this excess information and these like kind of useless memories that you have of the day, right? All this kind of garbage that you don't need. And then your brain kind of takes some of it and interprets it or pulls it into your brains, right? The stuff that they, they think is important. Yeah. Um, um, and, uh, if you don't have that, if you don't have sleep to purge that stuff and to rebuild, um, you can, you can have trouble, uh, cognitively. So I wasn't retaining information. Um, it was really, really hard to, to multitask. Wait, so what was that? What is neuropathy? Like neuropathy what, is uh, nerve damage. And so what was that doing to you while you were sleeping? So the nerve damage in my legs was causing me to, to spasm every 90 seconds. We got a sleep study to, to figure this out. So my calf was spasming every 90 seconds, not allowing me to get past REM one sleep. Mm. Um, and REM one is nothing. I mean, you got to get to REM, I think three or four is where yeah. you're dreaming and actually like really, really deep sleep. So I would wake up in the morning and think, what time is it? Is it like midnight or two? I'm exhausted. I, I got to go to bed. And my wife would be like, no, we got to go to work. Oh no. So I would slug through my job and, um, and, uh, thank goodness I'm, I'm good at what I do. Cause my, my D plus C minus game kind of got me through. Um, but, uh, but, but, but you were dealing with this every night and you were, you, you were you literally waking up every 90 seconds? It didn't wake me up at all. That's the thing. Like I was sleeping, but not getting any deep sleep. Oh, so it, was so like it wasn't like affecting my sleep. Like I was an insomnia. A lot of people think that it was, it was just not letting me get to deep sleep. So oh, I had wow. chronic fatigue. Um, and it was also creating, um, some severe, a restless leg syndrome. So I had these like 
pins and needles in my feet. You know when you sit on the toilet too long? Yeah, and, you, like, and you get up and your legs go to sleep and you're like, that first walk or two, that first step is like, oh, so painful, yeah. but then you walk it off. It's like that except you can't walk it off. Whoa. It sucks. And so once, it's, once it starts kind of tingling, it doesn't go away. It just kind of builds and builds and builds. Until So at wow. first it was happening a little bit at night and I didn't have the crazy tiredness going on. Um, but it got worse and worse, and then I felt more fatigued and more fatigued. And we thought, well, I'm so tired, let's get a sleep study done. And um, thank goodness they got that sleep study done, and um, they found what it is. Okay. And so um, I'm totally fine now. Um, How'd you beat it? Um, I'm on this medication uh, called gabapentin. That's just like an anticonvulsant. So it keeps, keeps my, my stuff from not spasming at night. That's and, so uh, fascinating. Yeah, and I wake up now, and I feel like, the six million dollar man no I'm like way. so i'm I, I mean when you haven't technically slept in I don't know, maybe a dozen years is that um, how long it's affecting it's you it's probably it started around 2000 well gosh maybe even more than that 15 years ago but it was a slow 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 and you didn't even thing. like it was so subtle and that was the crazy part because it was so subtle i didn't notice it, it wasn't just like one day you I'm just like, thought it was normal like, oh, it was like yeah. wow i'm having trouble finding words i'm i'm like I'm chewing on my words. I'm, I'm like sleeping all the time. I'm like looking for a nap all the time. It's fascinating that how important it, like your subconscious sleep is. It's so wild to me that literally this inside of you that can't get to deep sleep that you have no control over couldn't rest. And because of that, it affects you so much in your real life. Everything. That's wild. Yeah, yeah everything. It was really, it was really, it wasn't fun. But um, so it was happening for all these years and my sleep doctor told us that something was called a sleep debt. So I've heard of I would, I would basically just pass out every, I don't know, for a couple of days. One time it happened for, I think six weeks you slept <laughs> where six it slept. Weeks. So imagine your sleep, your eight hours of sleep. All right. Um, you owe eight hours of sleep to the sleep mafia, right? But you're only getting one because your calf is spasming. So you wake up in the morning, the mafia is like, yo, where's my eight hours? Yeah. Like, I got one. They're like, well, we want those seven hours back. And we're going to take them anytime we want. We're going to take them when you're at your daughter's dance recital. And just fall asleep. Or when you're working or presenting something. Do you see, I didn't Not know if sleep fun. debt was a real thing, but I guess it is. Like, it I've always is. heard that it was like a it's myth. A like, new, like, a sleep debt was like a weird sort of. It's kind of a new science from what I'm told. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. But uh, there are a lot of people like me who have experienced it. So um, you would just fall asleep at the worst times. I had this times. weird episodic narcolepsy thing going on because I had had a dozen years of not sleeping. So it was, it was crazy. And, uh, while this was going on, I'm thinking, Oh my God, this is chaotic. This is yeah. nuts. I need, I need some humor. I need levity. Yeah. So that's when laser cats came into my life. I started painting again because I haven't painted in so long and I missed it. And, uh, and so I infused this kind of new painting on transparencies, um, at night when my legs were hurting as much, um, technique in there because I'm up and I'm moving. And so there's a little bit of positive distraction too, mm. um, just not letting myself think about a little bit of pain and just kind of meditating on my breath, meditating on the brush strokes. And uh, so I brought that into the process. That's been huge. It's been like, this is like art therapy for me now. It's the interesting that you were able to do that. It's interesting that you were able to do that while dealing with all of like, you know, how you said you were mentally feeling like you were able to start painting again. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it was pretty amazing, actually. Right? But, uh, like, yeah, find that did. extra energy for that it seems so bizarre. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how I did that. That's right? pretty amazing. I think just when you're in that state and uh, you're, you're trying to, um, to, to solve this kind of riddle, I think you kind of just like are grasping for anything and trying mm. to, trying to um, reach for stuff that made sense. And art has always made sense to me and uh, kind of being silly and having fun and humor is such a part of my life that uh, I've kind of infused that into the art as well. So, but before you know the uh, the neural problems, and you started painting while doing that, were you painting before then, or actively pursuing art before then, or was it that no. whole event that kind of like no. was the catharsis for you wanting to say, "I'm going to become a full time artist"? I was a you know creative director, illustrator, designer. Um, I, I so I went to art school for illustration. Okay. I actually thought I was going to be a children's book illustrator. Oh wow! But um, the internet kind of happened and changed my whole career trajectory <laughs> in a different direction. And uh, I got into web design, uh, graphic design, um, you know, art direction, creative direction, and my whole career has been mostly at advertising agencies. Oh. And, but I always infuse art. I always infuse illustration. So, like I did all of Marriott's icons for like their website, mobile apps. So the mm -hmm. mobile app. There's ways to to bring in my my illustration stuff into um, you know my my day job. But so you were still an artist technically. Like you were still yeah. like a full time artist, but just not for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And there are there are times where I'd be designing a website and. And they would say like, oh, we want this yoga lady on the beach for the master. I'm like, really? It's so original. <laughs> um, but I would say, okay, how about a yoga lady on the beach, but painted in like impressionist style. Like, ooh, different now. So I'd bring in like some of the fine art there. So I, yeah, I do some of the art. I bring in the fine art into um, my advertising stuff. But it wasn't until the zombie stuff happened that I thought, Phew. You know, I've been I've been making images for other people my whole life. You know, working for the man. Yeah, and uh, um, and I felt like I I want to I want to try this. I want to I want to do this for myself. I uh, I did it um, right when I graduated, just for a little bit. But I don't really count that. I started a cooperative art gallery in my uh, my hometown, of Durham, Durham, North where? North Carolina. Oh, North nice. Kakalaka. Out there, North Carolina. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I I went there. I started a cooperative art gallery. Had like a kind of a solo show. Um, but you know, at that time I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I think I was just trying to bang out art to sell. I wasn't really thinking about, um, the concept or anything. And, uh, it was really just like production. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then I got into graphic design and web design changed the whole career track. Wow. But yeah, this new, this fine art for myself, um, is a new thing. So, yeah. so I guess you started painting with the whole neurology thing. And then, like you said, you were, you had the thought to go do it for yourself. Like what was that thought process? Like what was, what was going through your mind? Like, did you have like an, it seemed like an epiphany kind of moment where you're like, there were a bunch that yeah. happened. There were, um, there was the chronic pain that was going on. There were, yeah, there were a bunch of things that happened. There was one time I ran into a friend in New York who, um, who I didn't even know was like a really successful artist. Um, and I didn't recognize him and that scared the crap out of me because really? Why? it's like, well, I'm really good with faces. It's yeah. like one of my talents. I will like look at someone and go like, Oh, they're, you know, I remember them, but I could say, Oh, they're, they're 50% this and 50% that. And it was always like a good comedy. It was like a little fun little game of mine. Um, so I'm always good with faces. And, uh, and I had no idea who he was. Whoa. And it's in that kind of, 
hit me like, wow, I have no short-term memory. What is going on? And my oh, friend was okay. like, yo, that's that's Jerome. He's kicking it. He's like on the cover of Arts in America. And Whoa. Steven Spielberg has bought his work. And he's amazing. And, and he is amazing. He's great. But it kind of rocked me. I thought like, man, um, I didn't even try that. And it was like the combination of so many things. It wasn't memory, and it also, wasn't just that. It's like he took the path that you would have rather been on or something. It's like. Yeah, it kind of, it made me think, hmm. Art, wow. Um, it's possible. That was just one of the things along mm-hmm. along the way. And then as, as this built, um, I thought, gosh, I, I really, really need to try that because I miss it. <laughs> I miss it a lot. And laser cats are funny. They're just so funny. Yeah, I, They I make mean, me smile. It's, it's, so, it's so interesting because I do find that in most people's lives, from, what I've, from people I've talked to and interviewed, is that there, there always tends to be a moment where... They have an, a, not just one, it can be like a series of moments, but where they start to realize like, whoa, like, what am I really doing? Like, what, what's really going on here? What do I really want? Like, mm-hmm. and you kind of have this self-reflection and then you, you come out of it, you know, hopefully being like, let me try it. Let me bet on myself. Because from what I've noticed, it's that the world rewards people who bet on themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And you got to put yourself out there too. Mm. Um, that was actually, you know, that's actually how I got this show really um, because I just put myself out there. I was kind of like vulnerable in a way. Um, so I, I started painting again and I was thinking I've got to, I got to see what this DC art scene's all about. Like I'm painting for myself now, mm-hmm. but what, what's out there? Let's meet some artists. Let's go to some shows. So I went to one show. I went to this show at the fridge. Just awesome. Place. Oh yeah, I love that venue. Cool stuff. I was like, I think it was Broken Justice, Broken Something. I always get the name wrong, but it was absurdly well. And Esteban Whiteside, really talented dude. Absurdly well is pretty and, big, isn't he? I've seen, yeah, I've seen that yeah, name he's, everywhere. He's, he's getting real big. Um, so it was a really cool show. I, I was there for like you know a while, just like really dissecting all the art and getting into it, standing in front of these pieces for a while because I'm there by myself. I'm not talking to anyone, <laughs> and uh, I'm about to leave, and I think, dude you came here to like meet people yeah. and learn about the art scene. Like you did a little bit of it. You got a taste of it, but talk to one person. So I scan the room and I see this one girl that has lots of tattoos. She looks nice. Um, and she's working merch. So she has to talk to me. Right? Perfect. Perfect. So dude. I go over there and I start talking to her. Hi decoy. Thank you. She's amazing. <laughs> um, so I start talking to this girl decoy and she tells me about the fridge, tells me a little about the scene. And she said, you, you got to talk to Keon. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. He's this really good artist. He knows a lot of people. He does murals. He's right over there. So she introduced me to Keon. Keon is awesome. Hey, Keon. Keon actually bought a piece right there. He bought that, the one with the emoji over the. Wow. Yeah, bought that. Um, so Keon's awesome. I talked to him for a while. And he tagged that piece that he actually bought. Um, with Amir, he tagged uh, Om Om Dusi, and uh, Amir wrote back that night. I think like super dope or something or cool, something that Amir would say. And I'm like, okay, cool. This guy, this guy likes my stuff. This is this is great. And then I think it was that that was a Friday. And then Monday he DM'd me Amir, and uh, we start talking. He's like, yo. I say, yo. <laughs> he goes, I want to talk to you about a solo show. I was like, just like that. Wow. Um, so um, I came in and uh, we met and offered me the show. So you got to put yourself out there, man. If you go somewhere, if you go to a party, 
don't be a wallflower talk to one person if you go to art gallery talk to people they want to talk about art there are people that want to talk to what's the worst thing that can happen and if anything leave me alone art shows are the best place to talk to people like if 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 you and someone else are at an art show together like that means that you care about art you have something in common that you can definitely talk about absolutely you know it's not a bar where someone thinks you're hitting on them because you talk to them exactly you know it's it's a friendly conducive conversation Mm -hmm. environment people want to talk to you yeah but it's so nuts that just by putting yourself out there it's such a simple phrase but you did it and look where we are now. This wouldn't yes. have happened if, if I would be didn't, here. I would know you. That right, like, and that's I, that's why I love like just life in general is because the tiniest decisions can have the biggest impact. Yes, on your future, and you just will never know otherwise. But because you push yourself a little bit, that one moment, now you know this person, and they connect you with this person and this person, and now mm-hmm. you did an, an exhibition where you sold almost all your shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, you got to put yourself out there. Dude, that's the you biggest just, thing. You have to. It's the biggest thing, man. Life will go by. You'll miss opportunities, and you'll never know. Dang. So, do it, man. Empower yourself. Yeah. Oh, motivational podcast. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> so, so how are, how are you feeling now? I mean, you're you just had it. Like, how? What are you thinking going forward? Like from here? Like, where do you where are you going from here now? Keep doing it. Keep making work. I've got a couple pieces that I've started. Um, a couple themes. I'm kind of going to keep uh, running with there's this pros and cons of technology theme that I'm playing with there's a lot of pop culture elements I'm throwing in there so I started doing a, uh, a piece called uh, Chewbacca's and mm-hmm. it's like a it's Chewbacca but it's like um, it's kind of like you know Bacchus mm-hmm. like an old Bacchus like an orgy like old school <laughs> renaissance like old school orgy type thing it's kind of going to be like that, but it's like a, a techno- technological orgy with, um, with pop culture um, heroes and, uh, and animals in there. So there's, it's kind of like an, uh, a fun animal uh, tech fest. So Chewbacca is going to have like virtual reality helmet on. And so you're, yeah, you're, you're already martini. working they, towards well, Geico lizard will be there like spuds McKenzie in a G string, you know, it'll be, it's fun. I'm having fun. I'm not doing pop, art uh, pop culture or, to or be G- very serious. Um, I'm, I'm having fun, but, um, you know, some of my themes are kind of hinting at, you know, the augmentation of the organic and mm. deep stuff like that. I mean, pros your, and cons of technology, your process but itself I'm having fun with it. Yeah. So. I mean, as long as you're having fun with it, shit, yeah. it's ultimate, yeah. all it matters. So yeah, next, just keep keep making the art. Uh, try to get another show. Um, I'd love to get into a group show. That's that- been uh, well. I, I just don't know how to get in. I feel like I I uh, I see these shows, and um, I I never knew that there was a place to submit. So I got to figure out um, some of these group shows. Who do I connect with that are um, that are maybe curating these? Because I think they get curated first. We should talk yeah. after this about so, that. Yeah, because um, I don't want to say too much, but. Um, I'm trying to start like an art events company and I'm trying to do art shows. I know. Right. And um, I think I found a model that's successful for everyone. The Cheshire. Yeah. Yeah. That's working. It's dude. Their their business model is so impressive. Like what they make possible for artists is so sick. And I, it's one of my favorite venues. Yeah. It's great, dude. And did you go to the one about, um, like Alaska? Um, Adeline Hyman did these oh, with the photos. glaciers. Yeah, dude, I wanted to. I, I don't know what I was doing this, that night. There's like a 40 foot um, 
satellite photos stitched together of these glaciers. So this beautiful dancer that oh, danced on it. That's been so beautiful. His work was amazing. Um, yeah, I'm but, going on. I'm going on. That's Friday. a great venue. I think they, it's Friday or Saturday. They're having the lowbrow. Yeah, the lowbrow. I'm going there. Dude, yeah, hell yeah, I'll, man. I'll see you there, dude. Yeah, wow, and they always dude. have like themed drinks too that are like based on it. It's like it's it's an experience, which is cool. But that's um, but that's what we want in DC. Like we want more of that. And since I've been in here, they've kind of started popping up more. Mm-hmm. But like. Um, the Cheshire's really help bringing it to fruition in, in different venues. Like it makes it more mm-hmm. viable. And if you ask me, I'd rather go to something like that any day of the week than a bar or absolutely, some club. yeah. And what No Kings does? I mean, they're incredible. They're the OGs. I, yeah, I mean, they're, they're the OGs. Like, yeah. <laughs> one day I want to meet them. I'll have them on one the show day. soon. I want to meet those guys. This, in 2020, they're going to be on the show, guaranteed. Sweet, do it. Yeah, do it. What have your What have your thoughts been of DC's art scene now that you've kind of started to get your fe- your feet wet in it? Man, um, What's your perspective it's, on it's it? It's really great. Yeah. Um, there's really good good talent here. Um, very accessible. Like I feel yeah. like um, you know I start going to these shows and meeting people, and I'm starting to see the same people, mm-hmm. and that feels really nice. And and they're coming up and greeting me, and uh, it, it just feels accessible. It feels like. Um, Making connections is, is something that, that can happen. Networking is pretty easy. People are excited to see uh, new art. There's like this kind of, you know, there's the political kind of underbelly that's bubbling. So you get some really good um, thought-provoking work out there. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there's a lot. I mean, I went to Baltimore and I thought that was, that was pretty cool. And, uh, but D.C., Baltimore, um, there's a lot going on in this area. For I think sure. D.C. definitely has a a more professional and better art scene than Baltimore. Just because yeah. I hate Baltimore also. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about it, but uh, I did find that they had some, there was some, some good artists there, you know. No, they definitely have some good artists. I'm just, but, I'm just being a hater, but like, bang for your buck. Like, but we're to, talking DC. But, so. but, but to live as an artist, Baltimore. Like, you can get a great loft for dirt cheap. I have noticed that. Yeah, with great natural life. You can have an amazing, loft. like, art loft for nothing. For like what I pay for a room in DC. But... You also have not a scene like we have. And like you said, like it's a smaller community than you think it is. And, yes. And there's a couple big players who it's, it's nice to know and you need to know each other. But but it, it feels attainable. It, yeah, it, it really feels does. It doesn't feel like uh, anything's out of, out, of, out of hand. It doesn't feel like New York in a way. Like how I think New York would feel. Well, I've talked to different... I mean, you could go to a different gallery every day for a very very long time and probably not go to the same gallery and not see the same people wow. at all that's what my friends have said it makes sense i mean new york's huge art scene's huge um so yeah no this feels like a nice place to kind of dig in and, and get my feet wet and from what i hear um people like the work and they're receptive to it so i feel like um i'm in, I'm in a good place for well it. your work yeah. is good though your work isn't the kind of work that a non-art person looks at and is confused by like your work is very like approachable for everyone why do you think that is colors <laughs> the pretty colors it's the pretty colors in the in the pop culture references <laughs> yeah lots of emojis <laughs> i can only imagine people are thinking about what these artworks look like artsgojo.com yeah Oh, damn, you just plug? plug? Damn, the fat plug. We should have done that in the beginning or something. Mm-hmm. I should probably plug in the beginning. But no, like your art is definitely on the side where if you're a f- really into art, you'd be like, yo, dope. 
but it's also on the side where someone has no idea it's just some becky from suburban virginia they'd be like that looks so i know becky they'd be like that looks so cool <laughs> becky wants to buy your art <laughs> she's, she's good people but no dc's art scene is i think it's on the come up and i think as more people like you and like me try to do things in the scene and make things happen and be a part of events and network and be receptive to people i get the vibe that dc's art scene is very much collaborative and not competition like i feel like new york would feel totally i don't get that sense at all yeah people really want to hook you up with other people they really do and um and and not like they want something in return mm-hmm. um, i don't think keon wanted anything in return for for tagging me that was totally out of the kindness of his heart and uh, it was really awesome so um yeah it's cool it's cool that's you know i think that's really important too is that sharing and tagging the artist in artwork on 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 socials that's so important yeah you know as art like as artists i don't expect people to buy my buy my actual stuff on the walls but i'm sure you're all taking photos of it y'all better tag me because i could have been a client or a gallery Mm -hmm. or something you know well you help each other when you tag right because then you're seeing each other's audience right Mm -hmm. and then you're kind of like checking each other out and oh what's this guy about yeah see ya yeah that's how you build dude 100 percent ways yeah um looking at my notes here we've covered how you doing on the coffee it's good it's 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 cold so sorry about that so you know Besides There's a, a warmer one in the car if you'd like it. Bro, I guarantee you that coffee is not warm. My goal actually is to break records because I know that uh, Chris Pyrate and you, you had like, you broke a record. That for, podcast for piss breaks, didn't you? Oh. Yeah, didn't he break the record? Dude, like he two like, or three he or four? Like three pisses on that podcast. I'm going to break that record. No, 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 no. I think, I think we're actually going to wrap up here soon before <laughs> you, you can take a piss. So, um, so it's Gojo. I mean... Skojo, that's the name they call me. I have many names. Skojo. Many nicknames. How'd you get that name? All right, so Skojo is my Star Wars name, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's not that exciting. You know, you take the, a little bit of your last name until you hit a vowel, Scott, S-C-O, and a little bit of your first name until you hit a vowel. That's, that's how you make J-O. it? J-O, I'm not going to say my real name. Yeah, I don't. I could be John. You don't know. It's Josh. It's fine. <laughs> Go, Joe. And um, so it's it's uh, this guy Randy Mackey. Props to Randy. Started calling me Scojo in my ad agency That's days in New York, name. and he just wouldn't stop. He was relentless. Scojo. So everyone started calling me Scojo. Um, it just kind of stuck in the, in my my agency world. And then um, when I started working at Marriott. Um, they needed a name for me too there was like a josh there were two joshes on my team i think or josh and scott and they said you need another name you can't have those and i said what about skojo and it was a total joke i was like that's my it's my star wars name i'm like all right skojo so like vps call me skojo like skojo's gonna present now and everything so i just kind of stuck with my colleagues professional settings yeah professional settings (laughs) that's what it stuck um by but um and so i kind of went with it but I've had nicknames my whole life. And remember like, you tell me that the day I met you, I was like, what? Tons. I wrote them all down for you. No way. Is that really what's yeah. on that? Wow. You, you can d- call me any of these. Can I see like. that? Yeah. Yo, you came so prepared. You have good well, I thought, you know, it might, it might be a topic of conversation. Wait, wait, you've been called all of these names at some point in your yeah. life? Uh, that's not all of them. I had to stop. What? I, Why I do people keep that- changing your name? Okay, guys, if, if you're watching or listening, I have a list. I'm just to say some of them. Scooter, Heech, Blas Nadal. Blas Nadal. Blas Nadal. Yeah. 
Oshkosh, Bigosh, Mishmas, Pish, Posh, Squish, Squash, Gosh, Josh, Slash. High school. Chai Can Lao, Chicken Lao, Monkey. Chai Can. Chai Can. Yeah. DJ Spinache. Oh, you, you pronounced it right. I saw the marking above the E, baby. Wow. Tina Del Figlio, Juice Cakes Malone. Juice, okay, how'd you get Juice Cakes Malone? Total ridiculous, like, name of, like, a children's book character that I, that I made when I was in seventh grade. He was, like, this big, like... Just takes me alone. He's like a mafia type. Um, and he was like the bad guy. And I started, I was walking around the halls going, I'm juice cakes. People start calling me juice cakes. That's great, dude. Well, man, I feel like I've said everything I need to say. Do you have anything else? Anything left you want to leave with the audience impart some wisdom or Gosh. any words uh, of, I don't know, anything before we wrap up here? Let's see. Um, go see art. Get yourself, get yourself out there. Go talk to someone that makes you uncomfortable. Um, I, I would say. How ahead. about this? What would you say to the person? Because I think you're in an interesting position where you're older, you know, late 30s, early 40s. And, you know, you took you took <laughs> yeah. a leap that I think a lot of people probably think about at your age, if not earlier. And that can be extremely stressful. So perhaps maybe someone listening to this is, you know looking at you and they're saying, wow, he did it. Like maybe I can do it. Like, what do you have to say to that guy? That's, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of people kind of have their little, uh, midlife crisis and get a sports car. Mm-hmm. I got an art studio. So that was, <laughs> that was fine. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's never too late. You're right. Um, and, but do what, do what makes you happy too. If it's not hurting anyone, do what brings you joy. And, uh, and if you can, promulgate that if you could if you could put it out publicly um even better and um you know look look for look for the levity and chaos in life because life is is crazy but but look for those little little nuggets of humor because they're important and uh, and do what you love and and keep meeting people hell yeah man and watch bruce the bruce allen big facts dude it's been a pleasure having you on thank you sir i appreciate it that's it that's the angle peace out guys right on all right that was that was amazing was that good that was fun cool